What is up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS, and you can find me at Salito FF and my co-host at TJ Calkins as well. We are here to bring you through the four-game divisional playoff slate with a little showdown dive in as well. And I just found out before we went on air that we're recording this Thursday around eleven o'clock at night, and by the time we're done. Mr. TJ Calkins will have changed his age. It is TJ's birthday. So if you're actually listening to this on Friday on your way to work, on your way home from work or Saturday morning before the games kick off, be sure to reach out to at TJ Calkins and wish him a happy birthday. But let me be the first, my friend. Happy early, slightly early birthday, TJ. Thanks, brother. Uh, it's my 17th, 21st birthday. So that'll be, uh, it'll be another milestone. My uh, yeah, I've had quite a few twenty six and twenty first birthdays, but um, I've doubled those up at this point. But TJ, uh, how'd you do on the on the breakdown of two game slates last week? You did two separate two game slates. How'd you how'd it work out for you? Uh, Saturday went well. I profited Saturday despite nearly locking John Brown. So you know I had essentially everything right but one player. Then Sunday actually kind of went off a cliff. I just didn't really play any Browns. I had the Steelers onslaught correct, but uh, I didn't get to profit on Sunday, which was unfortunate. Uh, too much Derrick Henry. You know, I was just super happy on Henry. Yeah, I was a pivot off Henry last week. And I, as I said, and I'm a guy who loves Henry. I mean, just absolutely loves the play of the man, everything that he does. I pivoted off of him. I, I played predominantly the six-game slate last week and I gotta tell you it was a good week I hit on all of my head-to-heads and the one double up that I did so it was a good week for me last week let's see if we could find some more gems that's slightly slightly more difficult with less teams this week but go ahead pal oh good for you man I'm glad to hear you hit last week good stuff yeah I'm not paying off any bills or anything but you know it was a good it was a good week nonetheless but let's jump in we're gonna start on Saturday with the earlier game the Rams and the Packers, we got a 46-point toll in this game. I, I'll be honest with you, I said it last week. It felt like that Rams-Seattle game was going to be the stinker of the week, and it definitely was. There wasn't a lot of great uh, plays in that game. Nothing really great came out of it. Um, and, and I don't feel like you have a lot that you have to play in this game this week. I think Cam Akers, again, uh, comes off the page as the best play overall on both teams. In the last four games that he's played, he's had 29 carries, 15 carries in a game he left early, 21 and 28 carries, not to mention some targets thrown in there as well. He had a, a pretty good game last week. We know the game he had week 17 uh, week 17 wasn't as good, so we're happy to see him him bounce back there. But we can fully, fully expect that role to continue this week against the Packers defense that has been friendly to opposing running backs all season and at $5,700, TJ, there's no reason why we're not playing Cam Akers this week. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, man. Uh, not only is Akers my favorite uh, running back play or play in this game, he's my favorite running back play on the slate. So uh, it, I'm sure the ownership is going to be high, but the price is just too perfect and it's for a good reason. And I, I, I was looking for ways around playing Akers. And even if things shake out in Kansas City that we get a value play, uh, Akers is just going to be a very difficult guy to keep out of lineups. Yeah, and that I mean that's like the only one that jumps off the off the 
the page for me. I mean, obviously, listen, if you, any week you play Devonta Adams, who is quite possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL right now in a best situation in the NFL, a uh, combination of, of good and good situation, $8,600, that's not crazy. You know, we, we've seen him at over 9000 in the regular season. So playing him and Aaron Jones, I can never complain about it. I can never tell you you're crazy, but it, I don't think either one of them are in a must start this weekend. When we get a little bit later into the into the Chiefs game and where you could get Tariq Hill for cheaper uh, in a much better matchup, if you're going to go for a big play, a big expensive wide receiver this week, uh, you know, unless you're looking to pivot for differentiation. But what do you see on the Packers side? Do you feel like regardless of how good this Rams defense has been, they're going to uh, – to be able to still put up points on the on the Packers side, you, you think this is going to be a, a low scoring game? Yeah, the the Rams are generally a low scoring game team anymore. Uh, that's the way it works out. But with Ramsey on Adams, that that really might be the key to uh, just putting a huge hindrance on on the Green Bay offense. And we saw in the playoffs last year this they were essentially exposed as fraudulent by San Francisco. Uh, they were blown out of the water. And despite the Rams having a lot of flaws, particularly in the passing game, offensive side of the ball stemming from golf, the defense is the real deal. They've been playing phenomenally. And honestly, their defense uh, stacked with Akers is easily my favorite defense DST play on the slate as well. Well, let's talk a little showdown. In, in this game, and I put together a lineup in this game. And and with that being said, and not a lot of great plays, um, I found myself actually going to kickers in this game because I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game where the kickers are going to be involved, and you can get the kickers in the lineup for pretty cheap. And that allows you – this you know this is just something I did. I, just, I don't know if it's going to be my final – that allowed me to put Cam Akers at my, at my king spot, you know, at my at my – Spot where I'm going to get 1.5 if if uh, if he hits, that allows me to get Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in there, and then with the two kickers, I take a shot with Josh Reynolds just to fill out the salary. And um, TJ, is there any deeper dives on either side of this game for cheap? Uh, where you, when you want to max out and get the best players in there, and you could still, you know, find some some good sneaky plays. Well, if we're Looking at if we're, if we're thinking it's possible the Packers end up with a negative game script, end up trailing here, uh, pivoting off of Aaron Jones to Jamal Williams could be the way to do that. Uh, Williams was what very cheap, 20 some hundred. Uh, where'd he go? I lost him. <laughs> I will uh, 2400. Sorry, 2400 Jamal Williams. Yeah, that, that definitely allows you to put Akers in that captain spot. You can play the Rams D with Rodgers and Williams, and uh, then it gives us just a little bit of wiggle room there. 5,400 is enough uh, to throw another dart on a Green Bay wide receiver, uh, whether it be MVS or Lazard. And I think that's a truly competitive lineup unless Green Bay kind of runs away with this game, which I don't foresee happening. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you uh, that this is the lowest point total on the entire slate at 46. And, and you know, I'm going to go out there and say I think it goes under 46 in this game. I think Green Bay will win, but I think they will need to grind to win. Um, what is your call on this game, TJ? It's a it's a seven point. It's a six and a half point spread 
uh, for the for the Rams getting six and a half in the under in the under over forty six. I'll go out on a limb here. I'll actually take the Rams on the money line uh, with the big plus figure. Uh, I I think they got a good chance of winning this game. I think they match up. They're kind of the stylistic nightmare for Green Bay, who I don't think is going to be able to run the ball. That would be, I think, a big upset this week, and uh, I like the call. I, I don't agree with it per se, but I do like the ballsiness of that call. And let's head over to the Ravens and the Bills with an over of an over under of fifty. Um, the Ravens were in the game last week, I believe, that had the highest total on the slate. Did not come close to it. It was a tougher game than I think most imagined with them and the Titans. I think we expected more points, but uh, as you said. Derrick Henry got shut down. He was a big part of that game. Uh, TJ, I think you have a pretty interesting quarterback matchup in this game. Lamar is 7,600. Josh Allen is 7,400. Both were good last week. Both paid off forever. I put them in their lineups. So flat out, head-to-head, who is the better play this week in DraftKings, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion, but I think it's Josh Allen. And almost for the sole sole purpose that he is stackable while Lamar isn't. Uh, on the Lamar side, all you can do is stack with Andrews because I think Hollywood, who is essentially the only competent wide receiver play and far from high-end re- receiver play, they've had an inaccurate quarterback, will essentially be taken away by Trey White so you're either playing Lamar naked or with Andrews, and I think that just feels gross. And Buffalo is fully equipped to spread out and beat on Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's had trouble with kind of spread formations, four wide receiver sets. And now with John Brown and Beasley healthy, you have and Diggs healthy as well. Diggs, Beasley, uh, John Brown, and Gabe Davis, that's kind of a nightmare for Baltimore. I think, uh, I think Allen and company are going to – surpass expectations against the Baltimore defense. It's otherwise been pretty solid. So to recap, you said playing a naked Lamar, it feels gross. So in case anybody missed that, that's not <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know if it feels gross, but I, I, I think I'll take Allen to outscore him. Uh, he definitely needs the the rushing bonus to outscore Allen is the take here. TJ missed missed my naked and uh, feels gross joke that I made there. But hey. anyway, look. <laughs> You so, that's long enough to, to deal with the term naked. Come on. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, there's probably no more um, st- stackable group than than Allen and Diggs week in and week out in, in in what's left in these playoffs and maybe even in, in, throughout the regular season. And and at 7,300, Diggs is just so damn reasonable compared to Adams and what we're going to see with Tariq coming up. 7,300, there's no reason not to stack these two guys again this week. That was – Part of my um, my cash lineup that hit for uh, for for a good total last week were those two guys, and I would definitely go back there again this week. You mentioned Cole Beasley; he's practicing limited, but does not have an injury uh, designation for this week, so you could expect him to be in there. He caught all seven of the targets. He did not look healthy. He didn't look good, but maybe another week. But uh, could be a sneaky play this week. TJ um, getting him back in there because of the fact that they'll probably try to take digs out of the game. They probably won't be successful, but um, out of those guys, including John Brown, who you almost locked across the board last week, who caught zero of his four targets and Gabe Davis out of all those guys, who is your favorite secondary 
wide receiver this week in Buffalo? Uh, it, it's a tie between Beasley and Brown, but I mean, Gabe Davis isn't far behind either. You know, the the pricing there is more favorable. It can make uh, make more things fit. And I do want to double stack with Allen, and I'm essentially certain that one of those three secondary Bills wide receivers is going to end up in the optimal. And getting that correct is probably going to be a huge thing. But I'm going to mix and match there. And uh, there are even spots where I will leave Diggs out and play two of the cheaper guys. You know, we don't normally get a chance to answer viewer questions during the regular season because we're pretty pressed for time on the 13-game slates and getting it in at, at a feasible time. But we do have uh, Bean82 forever or 82 forever. He he does check in weekly, so or she. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous. Um, he says, what about stacking Lamar and Dobbins? Now, um, Dobbins is the best play of the of the – of the Baltimore running backs, in my opinion. But again, he got nine carries last week. He does a lot with what he gets, but I'm always worried that they'll go hot hand approach in that offense and, and things could change. But TJ, what's your opinion on stacking Lamar with Dobbins? Well, Dobbins has uh, three targets since week 11. So uh, he's essentially uh, anti uh anti-correlative with Lamar, and I think you need <laughs> you essentially need Baltimore to score 50 points for both of them to hit, and I, that's a combo I'm wholly uninterested in. Yeah, and so if we talk showdown in this, and again, I just drew together a lineup for each game just to play around with a little bit. These are not anything I'm telling you to go with wholeheartedly. This was trying to fit in the most bigger opportunity guys into a lineup and then a few, you know, stragglers maybe at the end. And getting Allen or Jackson or Diggs into your captain spot, what did I say, king spot earlier, your captain spot is probably prohibitive um, in this lineup. But, I mean, it, it probably is one of the best ways to go. I did a lineup with Dobbins in the captain spot, and that allowed me to still get Josh Allen, Stephen Diggs, and Lamar Jackson in the lineup. But I had to settle for DuVernay and Isaiah McKenzie. Is that McKenzie is a guy that TJ has liked in the past, um, TJ, but if you were going for, uh, you know, outside guys in this game, if you want to get the big names in like Diggs, like Jackson, like like Dobbins, are there some lower named guys you could see at a good price you could see hitting in this game? Well, TJ Yeldon's a name now, which Zach Moss uh, hitting IR, but I, in showdown, I think the first thing you have to do is make sure both quarterbacks are in your lineup. That's going to be the priority. And that probably means we can't play Diggs, but that's probably okay unless Diggs scores twice, hits a bonus, something like that. Again, I think these secondary Buffalo receivers, I think they're going to see targets going to be only Diggs, and they they truly are a completely solid four across, and that's going to be the way they're going to have success in Baltimore. So uh, that's what I want to go with. And I think on the Baltimore side, only Lamar. Uh, in showdown, I I think maybe five bills in Lamar is the way to go. Yeah, I mean it's it's not absolutely crazy. And uh, again, if you're doing cash game um, showdowns, you want to get in the guys who score. So you want to get guys that pass for touchdowns, run for touchdowns, and you you know look to the kickers. I'm not telling you get both kickers in every time, but in a cash game, the kickers 
are going to score points. So it kind of makes sense to try to work one of them in there. And you have probably the best kicker in the NFL, Justin Tucker, in this game. Um, I will tell you that when you are trying to stack these lineups filled with big point scoring players, you need to fill it in with cheap guys. And Buffalo has been known to go to random tight ends. And Tyler Croft is $1,000. But Lee Smith, who's been used lately because he's usually out there blocking as an extra offensive lineman, is $200. And he had a couple of touchdowns towards the end of the year. So if you want to just throw him in there as a complete punt play, you probably could fit Diggs into your lineup with some of those other guys. But again, you really got to work your magic with these showdown slates. Um, TJ, anybody else in this Ravens-Bills matchup before we jump out? All right. I mean, Singletary is interesting because of the Moss situation. We don't know how much they're going to trust Yeldon. So uh, we could see a volume spike for him, which could be something. But uh, I still think uh, the punt on Yeldon is a better option. Uh, if we're picking one of those Bills backs. Uh, and if I'm playing a Baltimore back, honestly, they're both – they're all anti-correlative with uh, Lamar. I think Gus at Price is the best play there to, as well. All right, on the game, we like I said, we have a two-point uh, spread here. The Bills are favored by two. It's a 50-point total. Listen, coming into the playoffs at the end of the year – uh, I was of the opinion that the Ravens are a team that had two playoff years worth of experience. They've had a couple of disappointments. Uh, they didn't exactly play the best schedule down the, the the end of the season when they were going on that winning streak. And that was something you pointed out last week, but they did come out and do what they needed to do to, do to win last week. And I think this is a case where the Ravens experience in the playoffs the last couple of years uh, Leads them to beat the Bills straight up. I'm going to take the Ravens to win this game straight up, and I'm going to take it to stay under 50. TJ, what is your call on this game? I'm going to take the Bills by double digits. Uh, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could not probably be uh, more polar opposite on this game, so it should be fun next week. We'll have to come back and talk about that. Uh, we'll have a little less uh, – players to choose from some more time to discuss things like that but um hey everyone i want to tell you about blue wire hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at blue wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. Go to apply. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Uh, we are now moving into 
the Sunday games and we get to TJ's upset special Cleveland Browns taking on the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, the highest total on the slate of 56. Chiefs are favored by 10 in this one. TJ, last week you did say here that you felt the Browns were going to just get blown out in the game, and I understand the take on it. I said if karma – uh, we talked about Juju. I, I hoped Karma would step up, but oh boy, did Karma step up in a major way. And um, I'll ask you a couple of questions again as a Browns fan. They were up 28 nothing after the first quarter, the most points scored on by a road team in the history of the NFL playoffs in the first quarter. They had a huge halftime lead, but but Pittsburgh was chipping away at that game. And there was a point as a Cleveland Browns fan, knowing their history, were you worried? At any point in that game, even with a lead that seemed insurmountable, I didn't remotely exhale until the Chubb touchdown. I mean, it wasn't until then that any sort of uh, feeling, sense of security set in. But yeah, man, uh, that first quarter was just so atrocious. And I, I honestly, I think projecting the Browns to lose that game was still correct when you watch how the remainder of it played out and how they had no answer for, honestly, it. Ben's elbow is messed up. He's not right. And he still threw for 500 yards. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that projection was still the correct one. But, you know, shit happens in the NFL. You have teams that play a flat quarter, a flat half, and there's just no coming back from it at times. And that's what happened with Pittsburgh. 100%. I don't think anybody would, would even argue that, even especially Cleveland Brown fans. Um, sometimes you, you, you make the – listen, I bet a teaser in that game and I took – Pittsburgh were covered by half a point. And when they were scoring those touchdowns against Pittsburgh, I was celebrating. I could care less about the money I was losing because that's how much I dislike Pittsburgh and especially Ben Roethlisberger. So to see it be him who essentially handed that game away, that was the karma I was looking for. And we got it. So uh, let's move on to this week's game. I mean, they showed their true colors sitting on the bench, not shaking hands too. So, you know, that was nice to see. It just sets up a nice little rivalry going forward. I mean, it's been a good rivalry for years. I don't have to tell you that, but young it hasn't team. though. We make it that again. You know, they, yeah. they start talking about Baltimore as if they matter. No, they don't. Baltimore, you don't matter. The rivalry has always been and always will be the Browns and the Steelers and the AFC North. Write that down, especially you, John Proctor. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down, especially to Mr. Proctor. Okay, let's we, let's stay on the Cleveland side. Um, I, we we know that the uh, the explosive plays are on its side, but let's say in the Cleveland side, uh, they they intelligently used Chubb and Hunt last week. Which when we saw them do that in a regular season, they were generally successful. This is an attackable um, run defense. This is twenty third ranked run defense in the league this year, or defense against running backs this year. And Chubb is priced at sixty six hundred dollars. Um, TJ, I know you're big on game script, but in order for the Browns to stay competitive in this game, you would think they'd have to control the clock with both of these running backs. So $6,600 Chubb, $4,800 Hunt. Uh, in, in, in a better game script, you might even consider playing both of them in a week like this, but I doubt you're going to do that this week. But what are your feelings on Chubb and Hunt this week? I mean, I want to like them. Uh, the price on Chubb kind of makes things not fit that you want to make fit. Uh, so if you're playing Chubb, you have to think there's some sort of reasonable expectation for a close game for the Browns. And while I, I want it to happen with every fiber of my being, uh, 
We saw what Pittsburgh's passing game did to them last week. I mean, th- this is just unfair. Uh, they, they have absolute zero answer for the Mahomes-Kelsey-Tyreek trio. We saw what Juju, Deontay, and Ebron did. And I, <laughs> and the Browns essentially played a good game. <laughs> so there's there's just not going to be any answer. I, the, the Browns have to score 40 points to win this game, and I think that might be a minimum. I just can't see it happening. On the Brown side, uh, I do want to play a lot of Kareem Hunt because I do think his targets go up uh, in those unfavorable game scripts. His snaps targets go up a little bit. But the guy that's been very consistent for Cleveland is Austin Hooper. Uh, he makes things fit. That 3800 price tag is extremely attractive, and you can play two tight ends in this game comfortably. Uh, and I have made lineups like that as well. Landry has also been consistent, but his price is more prohibitive. And I think uh, there's a reasonable chance we haven't gotten there yet, but just looking at the pricing, the optimal could come down to picking correctly on Landry and Antonio Brown in the lineups that have one of the two of those. Yeah, well, you know, if you're coming to me, I'm going to be A-B all day because I've just been on A-B for the last few weeks. And, again, we'll get to that in a minute but um before we jump over to the chiefs any interest in playing uh baker i mean he's he's is the 30th ranked uh pass defense uh, he, he, of all the quarterbacks on the slate i think he has the best matchup statistically doesn't mean he's going to have the best numbers right but he's cheap and it gives you a way to get some other people in there but uh, i mean i'm not personally on it but i'm asking you your opinion yeah i, I think if uh and I personally am going to be on Mahomes and Allen. Those will be my my quarterbacks of choice. But then if you have to go to another one, uh, the price tag on Baker, again, makes things fit. You can game stack very well with Tyreek and Kelsey in this game. And I, I, I guess there's a ceiling, particularly if we see the KC offense just go full-on track meet on them. Um, I was looking at player props today. There is no yardage prop for Tyreek. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's in, incredibly scary. And, and I don't blame him for not making that. You know, Kelsey's was up in the 80s, but there was no prop for Tyreek. So <laughs> as much as I, I, I want the Browns to be competitive and win this game, I just don't see a path to to making it happen just because the defensive secondary is so exploitable. You mentioned playing both tight ends, so let's jump to the the chief side. And you know, Mahomes eight thousand, Hill eight thousand, Kelsey seventy eight hundred. Um, and again, those are the three main guys every week. So Kelsey at seventy eight hundred with a smaller slate, you know, and not a ton to choose from on the wide receiver side, right? Why not throw him in there at seventy eight hundred and then find yourself a cheaper wide receiver because this guy comes out and puts up the numbers every single week, but. We know about those three guys. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins is not practicing, and it's a good chance he's not going to play. And then that's the same thing that happened in, in week 17. He didn't play. And whenever that happens, that opens up the wild card of who is that Kansas City wide receiver that has the week. Does it? Does, is it Robinson? Is it Pringle? Do they finally realize they have Nicole Hardman on the team? And Nicole Hardman's $3,900 this week, TJ. So – out of those secondary guys, like we talked with the Bills, um, 
which one of those secondary wide receivers, once you get past the big name guys, is the guy you want to take your shot with this week? Oh, I'd have to say it's Daryl Williams. Honestly, I don't believe they they see uh, Miko as a plug-and-play uh, to replace Sammy. It just hasn't appeared as such for the entirety of the game Sammy's missed. Uh, Robinson is probably the better option. He's probably the best pivot, but there's nothing attractive there. I mean, you're truly risking a low single-digit performance with any of those guys, putting them in any lineups. But, you know, the ceiling's there this game. <laughs> I, I just can't put into words how just knife through butter easy, I believe, uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to have it. So the the interesting guy to me now that could change the slate is Williams because CEH was a, did not practice today. So if that continues through tomorrow, we're going to have a 4K running back that becomes the best running back play on the slate. And even with that being the case, we've seen what happened. I'm not going to play Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think they've uh, made it very clear, the hierarchy there, he's third in the pecking order. Yeah, we can only imagine the, the trash he'll be talking after the season, even if they win a Super Bowl and he didn't get enough touches along the way. Because that's just the selfish type of players. By the way, it comes from Pittsburgh. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk showdown real quick. So, you know, now that you explain it and it, it makes sense with, uh, with with Williams, um, if you're doing a showdown slate and CH isn't going to play, you might want to slip Williams into your captain spot because then that frees you up to do all kinds of stuff with this lineup. For me, uh, without that in mind, wanting to get all the Chiefs in, I did a quick lineup where I ended up putting Chubb in a captain spot, hoping that he got four targets last week and hoping that they'll use him a little bit more like that in the catch-up mode, but he still breaks off the big runs when he needs to. That allowed me to get both uh, Tyreek and Kelsey along with Mahomes in there and then throw Hardman in and then just throw Donovan Peoples Jones in because there's always that off chance that he could go for a big play at only $800 in the showdown, uh, TJ. But what is it that you see in the showdown? Anything that they should be looking for at home to, to get the big plays in the lineup and fill it out with? You know, like you said, putting Williams in that captain spot just makes everything open up. I mean, it just, off the top of my head, I know putting Williams in the captain spot opens Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey with pick two of three out of uh, Landry, Hooper, and Hunt. So th- those are all attractive lineups for me, and that's probably the route I would take on most. Uh, as far as other cheap plays in the game, Robinson, I, I, I would slightly favor Robinson over Hardman. I know Hardman's more exciting. I think we can all see he's a better player. He's just a different player. And I I, I think we would have to see Tyreek miss time for the Chiefs to kind of put him out there as an alpha type player. All right. And I, well, I think TJ is going to continue his uh, projections this week and hope that it once again works in his favor that he'll be wrong. This is a 10-point spread in this game. I, um, I think the Chiefs are going to cover. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win big. I do think it'll go over the 56 Total and uh, again, I'm an I'm a Raiders fan. So this, if the Chiefs lose, I'm happy. So I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that whatever TJ's pre- prediction is, he's wrong as well. But TJ, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, Fifty-one to thirty, somewhere in that neighborhood for the Chiefs. I, I mean, I'm trying to 
find the words to say how terrified I am of what the Chiefs offense is going to do to the Browns win. There's just not going to be an answer for it. It's going to be a massacre. So it is what it is. Uh, let's profit in DFS off of it. Yeah, you might as well make a little money if you if you can't see a team win, right? But it's been a good year for, for Cleveland. And if by any chance we're talking about them again next week, man, it's been a phenomenal year. We'll have to see what one week brings from now. And the game that is going to close out the slate, the old man quarterback battle, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, the Bucks, and the Saints, 52-point total. The Saints are favored by three at home. And, uh, you know, if you gamble, you know that that pretty much is the, the minimum they give you at home so they think this game is going to be a uh, real tooth and nail down to down the stretch here brady um you know good game last week not great sixty three hundred dollars. mike evans who i thought was lost for the rest of the season actually came back last week and played well he saw a lot of targets he pulled in six for 119 but tj talking about antonio brown earlier i think each week when we talk about these wide receivers you go godwin i go a b um, Touchdown-wise, over the last four games is identical. They've had one, one, two, and one. Both guys in in the exact. They had the two in the same game. They had so, and it's been a while since Evans has scored a touchdown. And when he did a few weeks back, he had two in one game, and then it was a few games before that. So, well, Evans has been the big play guy. Godwin and AB have been scoring, and so once again, uh, at fifty-four hundred, I feel Antonio Brown is the best selection of that group but i also can understand why you're going to tell me you're going to go back to godwin at 6100 but what's your opinion overall on the tampa bay passing game this week uh all things equal i still will like godwin better but i will be honest when i'm making these lineups and i have one wide receiver slot left I always have the money for AB, but I never do for Godwin. So when, I, when I'm trying to make my optimal builds here for a single entry, five entry max, that sort of thing, AB just kind of sticks out. And especially if Godwin is going to be limited in any capacity, I think it's an absolute smash for AB. Um, oh, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, no, God, I was going to say Godwin, is uh, he's been limited in practice, but the word is they don't believe it's going to be serious. So. Um, I think he'll be out there without hesitation. Did you have a point that I interrupted? I apologize. No, I, I, I was going to uh, put an addendum on that with a but. But Tampa has struggled mightily against New Orleans this year. They have just really, really looked bad in both games. And I, I don't know what it is, if it's schematically – I believe it's schematically on both sides of the ball. Peyton just kind of has Arian's number. I think that's going to continue. And these big yardage, massive uh, yardage games out of Brady we've been seeing, I think that kind of hits a wall here. And we'll get to the prediction, uh, game prediction in a minute, but I'll throw it back to you for your thoughts on uh, the Tampa side. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to touch these running backs. <laughs> Anybody who put Ronald Jones in a lineup last week and found out after the game kicked off that he was out with a quad injury. Now, we know he was banged up and he was dealing with that injury, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of rumblings that he was just put on the bench by Arians. I don't know. He he was practicing, I believe, yesterday, but I don't know if he was out there today. I don't want anything to do with the running today. 
Yeah, and listen, it's the top-ranked run defense in the league uh, over there on the Saints side as well. I think both sides of this game, uh, both sides of uh, both teams in this game are going to need to pass to win. I don't think anybody's winning it through their ground game. And and when I say that, that doesn't mean Kamara's not going to play a big role in this game. But with uh, Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill both banged up, uh, obviously Kamara's going to be featured, but Kamara could be heavily featured in the pass game this week. So on, on that New Orleans side, let's talk about the pass game. Michael Thomas came back off the IR and uh, looked like it was a good idea to keep him out and get him healed up. He had five for 73 and a touchdown. We saw they we saw him go to Deontay Harris a lot last week. Uh, the yardage total wasn't huge; it was eighty three. But he caught all seven of his seven targets. He's thirty five hundred dollars this week. He also returns kicks, and he could break one. So you always have that chance that he could put some points up there as well. TJ, overall, I, I you know it's still very cheap to stack Breeze and Thomas again this week. But I don't know that I love Drew Breeze with my money on the line. Uh, what are your thoughts on the New Orleans side? Well, I don't think they'll be able to run the ball, so I'm, I'm not like totally out on Breeze. I think uh, any success they have will be in the passing game. But you mentioned Harris, who he did have a nice one-off game last week. He saw a little volume, but, I mean, if we're going to play a one-off guy in this game who saw just an inexplicable spike in volume last week, why, tell me why it's Harris and not Cameron Bray. Well, yeah, listen, when we get to the showdown, <laughs> Cameron Braid is firmly in my showdown lineup at only 2,000 in showdown because he's played more snaps than than Gronk lately. He's been more successful than Gronk lately, and absolutely. Um, oversight for me not to mention it while we're still talking about Tampa Bay. Cameron Braid is absolutely a great one-off play in this game, and we know in the playoffs specifically Brady leans on the tight end. It's It's been part of his history. It's usually been the guy – the other guy that's there, but you know, it, it's been and great. he won't be able to lean on a back. I don't believe so. You know, it, we, we'll see what happens here. But I, I think this game's going to be kind of ugly. I don't think this we're going to get the points that uh, that many are expecting out of this game, and it's a big reason why I keep just gravitating back to Mahomes and Lamar and uh, putting the stacks in with them as opposed to this game. What's your opinion on so Kamara is at seventy nine hundred? Um, he's a, probably still one of the most expensive running backs, if not the most expensive on this slate, but it's still reasonable for him. Do, do you think he just gets peppered with targets this week as well, or you, you think you can't rely on that? I don't think you can rely on it, but uh, I, I mean it's a possibility. But at the end of the day, I think Kamara's price is just so prohibitive given the rest of the running back options we're going to have. I mean. Paying up for him means he – I'm trying to put up uh, a gross point number on it. I think anything under 25 points would kind of be a full-on bus paying his price tag given the pricing on this slate. And you could go with Akers and Williams, like you said, even if CEH does play. Um, he's not healthy. So you could play those two guys for real cheap. Um, and and just do a lot of things with the other wide receiver. I mean, there are much, much cheaper options for essentially half the price of Kamara. Yeah, and that allows you to get Hill and Kelsey in, in, in your lineups, which is what you want to be in on 
this week. Diggs. <laughs> you know, Diggs, Godwin, AB. You know, those are kind of my favorite plays in this game. Um, Landry. All right, well, let's talk yeah. sh- showdown um, in this matchup. And what are some of the deeper dives? We talked about uh, Harris. He's 5,600, believe it or not, in showdown. So he's not exactly cheap, cheap in your lineups. Um, but Brait, as we said, is at 2,000. It just makes absolute sense to get him in there. Is there anybody else um, that you see that makes sense as a cheap alternative? Here, I, I think uh, winning showdown on this game is going to come down to getting the Bucks wide receiver correct and captaining them. Uh, somebody's going to hit, even if they don't score a lot of points. Uh, I do believe New Orleans uh, leads in this game, leads most of the way. I believe they're going to need huge play from the wide receivers. Um, they've scored 27 points total in two games against the Saints. You know, I... Week one, I just remember Mike Evans running a wrong route, Brady throwing a pick, and like, my God, Brady has his own personal Jeff Janis now, you know. <laughs> and it, obviously it didn't work out like that. You know, Dave, especially at the goal line, had good chemistry. But uh, get Godwin or A.B. correct. Uh, stack it up with Brady, Breeze, M.T., Brady, and then uh, kind of play around from there. But those are my favorite uh, – Favorite lineups, shots, and showdown. All right, give it to me. Uh, who's going to win this game? I'll go with the Saints 27 17. All right, so that you have the Saints covering. Uh, you don't think there's going to be a lot of points. So I'm going to guess you're going to stay under 52. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think the Bucs are going to win the game. I think the Bucs are, I think the Saints have just kind of been. Uh, first of all, it's dif- difficult to be the team three times in one year. We know that that's that's a thing. That is a, just a thing in the NFL. And I think the Saints have just kind of been playing above their pay grade lately. Uh, for me, I, I think that they are due for for a bad loss here. And when I say bad loss, meaning losing in this spot, not getting blown out. I don't see it being a blowout. But I think yeah, it would the thing is Taysom Hill didn't practice today, so that really could hurt them. Right, their best quarterback. That, that, that's kind of a, that goes back to our season-long uh, banter on Taysom Hill, uh, if you haven't watched this pod a lot. <laughs> yes, that is true. So uh, to sum it up, I have the the Bucks against the Packers, and you have the Rams against the Saints. So we're complete opposites in the NFC. I have the Chiefs against the Ravens, and you have the Bills against the Chiefs. So we pretty much disagree on all but one game uh, this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And that's always fun, whether I know what the hell I'm talking about or not. It's always fun. But uh, once again, thank you for joining us at On The Daily uh, DFS. That's where you can find us on Twitter, at On The Daily DFS. We are part of the Rotoviz family. I am at Salito FF. He is at TJ Calkins. It is just about his birthday. We're 10 minutes away from birthday uh, number 37, did you say, TJ? 38, 38. 38. I tried to make him a year younger. But, uh, TJ, any parting words? You'll take any parting words for this slate this week? Um, Get your studs in, man. Pay up at quarterback, I think, is the way to go. Um, Don't go in – here, let me me say this. Don't go in the middle at quarterback. Pay all the way up or all the way down. Uh, And I I think uh, making the other stuff fit all the way down – with Baker or potentially Breeze, 
that's the way to go. But Mahomes and Allen, that's who I love here. Yeah, guys, especially in cash, don't be cute. It's there's not a lot. There's there's eight teams here to choose from, and we there's some some just absolutely glaring players that need to be in your lineups this week. So take TJ's advice on that, and we will see you back here one weekend when we see you. We hope to see you in the green.